Roll dice, be nice, and stay tuned. This is the Live to Die podcast. Well, it's it's been a week. Thank you all for tuning back in after that episode. That's our, I mean, I haven't edited yet by the time I'm recording this next one, but I'm going to call it that's either tied for or our longest one. It's also probably the episode in which I'm aware of the most rule mistakes I made. I know there's a few mm. listeners out there looking at you, and you know who you are, who's uh, talked to me a couple times and helped me with a few rules. But thanks for tuning in through a, a bit of a shit show of an episode mechanically but narratively i hope it went well i want to check in with all of you the players how do you feel about that uh that episode last last week's episode just to kick off uh you weren't the only one who was messing up rules uh i messed up plenty Mm -hmm. um tends to happen when it's all on the line you know yeah and when there's just i mean chaos yeah that last fight was chaos yeah, it was insane. Everything that we did took two dice rolls, which was provoking something from you. I couldn't heal because of negative damage. We were all like going down repeatedly. It, it's interesting because at high level fights, you you need a lot of information about what to do. Sure. But in that one, two rounds in, like we were all so injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like, you don't have time to gain the knowledge. And now that you do, like the fight is almost basically over. Well, and I mean, the recall knowledges that she was doing were all flops. Right. It was a really high DC and rolling behind the screen without giving you the exact numbers. I mean, like on two dice, one's going to be low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That part was brutal. That mm-hmm. yeah. just that effect of having to roll twice and take the lower made it really on hard. Everything. And so, while, yeah. and while obscuring miss was kind of like annoying at some points, I mean, it kept you from kicking the shit out of us more than once. It saved me at least once. Yeah. It's, that is a spell generally that people love and hate, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It can save you and it can fuck you. So let's, let's talk about this from a slightly different perspective. I don't think this is a big glimpse behind the curtain. I think Jane referenced it in the last recording that like everyone's unconscious and we had to just sort of like pause and make sure people had backups ready or kind of had access to that. How are you all feeling? We've been waiting on these characters to show up and help us. This like as soon as we found out that they were co-enemies, I guess you could say, to sure. the Grey Gardeners, like the whole time we were like, well, eventually these psychopomps and the one-eyed man are going to show up. Sure, sure. One-eyed man definitely let us down, but yeah. psychopomps are pretty cool. I also think that I mean, I feel like when I'm playing a game like this, my mind kind of works like a movie because I love movies and TV and stuff like that. So from that kind of perspective and that sort of like narrative angle, like selfishly think it's a really cool thing for Val's character because I remember when we first encountered the psychopomps and just kind of like as an effect of those roles, I sort of started playing her based on this idea that that was like an impactful sort of thing. And we talked about how like her confrontation with Drosharis was sort of because she was like leaning into her deity at that point and saying like this this monster when we encountered the monster that was like tied to the wall and it was like she was directly threatening Val's mission and Val's you know objective and so she was like okay I'm an assassin like I'm just gonna kill her well and to build off of that right we've talked about this before but however you feel in the real world in Pathfinder gods and goddesses are absolutely real yeah and depending on how much you put into that like you, you know Val she's the most religiously dedicated character those gods can help you out when the shit hits the fan. You know, we, I've talked about my character Dom in that other game. There were times where he was dead and his goddess, Saren Ray, the best one, definitely <laughs> bailed him out. Well, yeah. And that's kind of like after, after the encounter that we had, um, between Val and Dro and what was, what was the name of that creature? That, uh, they were the sack hills. They're like fear demons. And the psychopomps were kind of against that as well. And I told James, like, it was when I was actually arguing that I should get a patch retroactively because I was like, look, I feel like Val did a thing that was directly in line with her motivation and her deity and that, you know, even put her at odds with her own party and stuff like that. But it was like a very true to character moment. And I think that it totally makes sense that that having happened, she would gain this boon from the God that would come in at this moment that we really needed it to also stop a threat that is kind of directly antithetical to what that god and the other god sort of 
mm-hmm. operate in and their kind of like flow of nature in that way. Yeah, and, and let's not forget that we're still carrying around wounded too. Yeah. Like we, if we go down again, you know, we're still in, in dire straits potentially. So oh, I was yeah. going back to the stalwart Patriot to take a nap after that. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, we need to come back we in a little bit. Party tonight. So I, I do think there's a difference between what happened and something like Gandalf showing up with an entire army to just save the day for you. Right. Like they gave us a foothold to finish out the fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it wasn't enough to just like completely overwhelm the enemies and like everything's fine. Um, I think everybody went down again. Yeah. Yeah. In the Fox, second round. We, we talked about like Fox was one crit away from permit perma dying yeah, and like low health. Yeah. I was fighting with one hit point for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing that's kind of interested, interesting to me is when you keep playing Pathfinder, you start to develop this like shared experience, shared trauma is too strong word, but this, this shared experience with your character mm. And maybe at first you're like, I don't know, I'm playing this character. And then all of a sudden when they might die, you realize you've invested how many hours of right. this story. How did all of you feel like when you realized you might not get to play them anymore? Oh yeah. I was straight upset. Like I was, I, I think that for a backup character, you know, I have an idea that's going to be fun and I'm sure I would have fun playing a new character, but even just like switching over on hero lab and like looking at it, and being like, oh, I'm going to miss doing these things that Val does. And it's, I mean, for us, this has been, what, like six or eight months that we've been yeah. playing this game and mm-hmm. like meeting up and playing with these characters and kind of like developing this story. And like you all, Jason, Jared and Trent didn't know each other before we did this. Right. And so I feel like it's kind of like you guys knew each other, but like Trent didn't know you guys right, and right, stuff right. like that. But he um, seems cool. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I just feel like it's you like do you kind of like build your own personal experiences mm-hmm. along with the character well, I think, story. I think you even like grow in some ways more attached to others players than your own. Yeah. Like I'm always almost like, well, if I have to go down and Watson stays up or whoever, you know, or Drew stays up, I'd I'd be willing to do to do that, you know what I mean? Cuz I think it's better for the story or I think it's more interesting or whatever, you know, whatever our selfish reason is too. There's it's not a secret that there's a podcast that a lot of us listen to and really enjoy. And that podcast in particular, there's like one character that ends up staying through as these others around him fall for whatever reason. And there really is something like endearing, but like scary about that at the same time that like this one character has, has stayed and, all of his friends and all the people that he's been around are falling by the wayside, but he still feels like he has this one thing he has to accomplish Mm -hmm. and he's even more resolved to do it by the end. It's such a tragic story, honestly, in a lot of ways. But like, that's the thing is that that's not necessarily the way that that AP was written, but like for that group's game, that's the way Mm -hmm. it turned out. I think that's an experience that's sort of shared by a lot of role-playing groups. And I know I talked about it, I think in an episode or two ago, one of my favorite books, Pretty Street Station. They're, they're every the author, episode. Every single yeah. episode. <laughs> well, and, and I know, Jason, you're working on it right now. No, just um, to wedge it into every episode. I'm yeah, working on it. It's, it's the running background thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually secretly the China Mayville podcast. Yeah, yeah you yeah. should start getting like a commission on book sales this for this. This podcast is brought to you by Perdido Street Station. <laughs> <laughs> Pick it up all your local Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> Independent bookstores, if you have those. Yeah, right. but somebody could go in the blah, blah, blah voice is definitely going to tell you to go to Barnes and Nobles. That's true. <laughs> There's a much more likelihood of a Barnes and Noble being closer to you. That author, though, played D and D growing up, and there's a there's a that sequence in there's a sequence yep. in that specific book which he talks about as being sort of his homage to D and D characters. And one thing that I think is interesting, he does a great job of pointing out almost how weird it is, is that you're extremely violent characters. Like this this friendship, the four of you in real life, especially the four of your characters, which met for the first at the beginning of this adventure have really spent the last week of their life murdering their way through parts of town in self-defense, sure. But there is this weird affection that you're talking about, Jared, of like, you care about your character, but like seeing your friends that you care about go down, right. that's what hurts. And he, he talks about that, like there's a, some scenes in that book that sort of address that really well, but it always stood out with me that like it's a very cool bond and I, I think it's it comes out in the play when someone dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our other friends that we'll, that a couple of us play with talked about like, yeah, the story of this AP is good, but the real great story of our campaign is the friendships, mm-hmm. like the relationships the characters. <laughs> it's the form. friends we made along the way. <laughs> we all joke yeah, with that. But it was uh, a yeah, friend of the show, Ike, talked about how like 
in the campaigns, the things that keep you going are these like shared memories you have with yeah. the characters. I mean, I was hands down sadder to see all of your characters go than Val. Yeah, you know? that's how I felt too. If you're like getting in the mind of Drosharis, using air quotes, yeah. a, an old vigilante who's clearly done some sketchy shit, right? The only two people he cares about getting out, no offense, Val, is these two. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like the old man that's like as about as Good wholesome as it gets, right? <laughs> He's even healing the friggin' bad guys and going to jail for it, mm-hmm. right? And then with Dro's relationship with Fox, mm-hmm. there's been some shady stuff going down. And, uh, you know, it's just interesting who you want to save and who you don't. And yeah. how in the end it might not be your character that you want to save. Well, and the the thing too being that like I as the player would have wanted to save all of your characters mm-hmm. and have you, you know, continue playing. But also I think that Val is an evil character and it's yeah. because she's self-serving. So yeah. she was like, I'm going to... And that was kind of the thought that I had when I gave Watson the temporary hit points to get back up because I knew that that put you at a risk of like getting hit again. But in Val's mind, it's like she's been told by this God who she values, you know, more than anything, like you have to keep going. You can't stop. And so she's like, okay, we're going. Like, I don't care who dies. And uh, I think that's also a really fun and interesting part of playing this game is like the difference between what you might want to see happen as a player versus like what your character would do and the story you're telling with that person. I think right now what we have to focus on is the the lives of everyone in the Tron, which might somehow be connected to these runes in the corners of this elevated room above the ballroom. I don't actually know if I'm ready to play again. I feel like we should just <laughs> yeah, chat yeah. about it and call and it I good. I feel like it call was it a little bit of a therapy session. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And I appreciate the chance for us to pull the curtain back a little bit for our players yeah, and sort absolutely. of talk about like, hey, it uh, was a wild episode. Thanks for making it through. And and I appreciate the acknowledgement that like we probably got a lot of rules wrong. Mm-hmm. I probably got yeah, a lot yeah, of rules sure. wrong. Yeah. But it was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, we do the best we can. And so for those of you who here heard the rules we got wrong, we're going to try to get them right in the future. But it's always been my goal to sort of share the experience of playing Pathfinder. And as anyone will know, in the big crazy fights, the experience of playing Pathfinder is you're going to learn a couple of rules you messed up later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you're in the room. You've got these three runes that are reflecting light through these panes down into the ballroom. And like, obviously, there's going to be some sound that went down, but you don't know how much. We've also talked about that weird sort of surreal vibe that perpetrates a lot of these settings in the trend, like being in this place in which most people probably aren't going to question it too much because they don't know if like maybe that's normal. No one's been in here. Why does before. anyone live here? Like, what are these people doing? There's beautiful gardens, right? <laughs> and it wasn't always this way. We talked about before, like the, the bloody revolts in Galt started 40 some, maybe 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's not even been a whole generation that it's been so bad. And people mm-hmm. keep trying to make it better. There's a lot of value and hope, a lot of strength in it. So you're all your that's characters are- That's a good are, thing to say, man. Like there's a strength and hope. I kind of felt like that's- a sentence that would describe the last combat. Like, yeah. there's strength and hope. You have to, Drosharis has to get up. Val has to get up and tell everyone else to get up. You know, that there's strength and hope. So I think the psycho pumps are sort of there with you. <laughs> You're all looking around. <laughs> to be fair, in my case, there's also strength and a god continuously healing you. <laughs> and being like, I'm going to help you out here. What the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> We sensed your presence. We were looking for you since we were sent back. back. You're, you're talking very quietly, which I, I understand I tend to do that too, but uh, could you could you speak up a little higher? My, my hearing is gone. When the oh, runes sent us back to the boneyards, we started looking for a way back to find you and our... Contact Nelabit. But we received message. And like each of these words, imagine them sort of like echoing, like rustling. It's almost like a voice made manifest out of other sounds coming together. You they look at you, Val. Your Lord and our lady have a vested interest here. Here. <laughs> and we were sent to aid in this moment. Her, uh, her noble lord, right? Not that one. He oh. 
Who bathes in blood? Oh dear. And Val is just gonna take the saber to the sawtooth saber that she just killed this final. What were they? What were these things? So finally, with the kind of calming, I'm going to hand wave some of you succeeding on some checks. They're called Lesser Death. Cool. Ah, yeah. So and she's going to take the saber tooth. Uh, their bodies are gone. All that's left of them are these sides that have fallen down to the ground. They're now mundane, right? They are, yeah. And interested in a little background and what you might know about these? So I think you, with having some religious background and a lot of knowledge around death in general... Lesser deaths, it's unknown if they are a manifestation of natural elements of death or if they are some form of undead so closely empowered by death that they sort of are culturally connected with it. But they are somehow represented to death. And it's unsure if it's, like I said, a manifestation of the act of death or this is more of a, like, the great hunt sort of, like, causing death in its wake in an almost primal sense, but they are undead. Cool. So Val's going to take the sawtooth saber that she just used to kill uh, that one and like mm-hmm. wipe it off, stick it back in her and say like, we appreciate your assistance and we won't let oh, your yes. lady down. Also, it's he, I mess it up. It's he who walks in blood. Sure. And then... See that you don't... Also, there's still that giant tarantula just scuttling around behind them. Oh, yeah, well, what, what is the name of your friend here? This is Throck. Hello, Throck. Nice to meet you. Throck didn't really do anything, did he? He was here for... <laughs> that wasn't Val, that was Distractions <laughs> and moral support. Oh, it's a flavor <laughs> spider. Well, I appreciate your moral animal. support, Throck. Oh, God. Oh, what? Well, that wasn't very very nice. (laughs) (laughs) And I think uh, Val is just going to start, like, picking up her weapons, and she wants to kind of peek over the hole and see if I can, like, see down into the party. Yeah, there's people just dancing. Okay, it just looks the same. No one notices that we're... There's a few people who, like, almost look up. You can, like, see them trying to keep their head down. I give one of them the finger. <laughs> we must kidding. go before our presence here can be too easily detected. The sack hills we hunted before, we still believe to have a presence within these walls. Our hunt is not yet ended. You think that there's more than one? Because we killed one, the one you were after at the fortress. We do not know, but we suspect our ally, wherever he might be, is hunting these here as well. We are trying to find him that we might join his endeavors. We know not where the power in this fortress comes from, nearly that it is here, and the longer we remain, the more we put us all at risk. So Drosharis right now is like still sitting on the ground, leaning against the wall, and when the psychopomp says that, it gets up and sheathes a sword. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, let's go then. Yes. <laughs> and he just sort of, thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. And they just sort of fade. Almost like visually, you see them just sort of becoming the shadows Ooh. of spiders dispersing throughout oh the room. Oh, that was fancy. Is there some kind of like sign of phrasma? It's uh, like a spiral, I know, but mm-hmm. can, like, I don't know. You know how there's sometimes like hand signs or... Things like, like crossing that. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, not so much. But you do kind of think back to now, like when you're when the light you were like going away from the light and it started to spin. It did make that almost mm-hmm. spiral, spiral comet. Uh, cool. That's cool. Um, so Val will just yeah look at Drosharis, who's like, "Let's go," and she'll be like, "We have to destroy everything in here and whatever the source of this is." So there's still those runes. Maybe yeah. we should start with the runes. You know, there's ten minute activities, and last time you touched them, these lesser deaths. <laughs> We're gonna up. say, let's do some like very significant rolls and checks on these things to see if well, lesser death is gonna show up every time you touch them. Quick aside, uh, was ever, everyone feel like they're good on hit points? You don't want to heal before you do anything. Uh, I, I believe we should probably heal. Yes. Joshars takes a big swig of uh, the old oil of unlife. All right. Val's just standing there like, never felt better. She's at full hit points. <laughs> I'm not a fool. I could do some more. Trent, you got ward medic? Yes. All right. Let's uh, let's medic that. I'm going to go ahead and call 40 again. All right, Trent. How much healing was that? I heard some cheering. That was 78. <laughs> yeah. Is there anyone not at full now? No. 
because that was a natural so that, that was That's a 10-minute activity. You've got ward medic, so you could include everyone in that time at this level. I also can do that again if everybody's not at full. Now, that being said, time is a little bit of a factor. You don't know how much, uh, but at this point, you've been up here for after this 10 minutes, at least at least 30-some minutes, 35 what? minutes. Yeah. So, you know, there's at least another sets of at least some 10-minute actions on these runes. Plus, you know, the fight with the lesser deaths when they show back up again when you touch the runes. True. So, remember we talked a little bit about the runes and... Oh, actually, there's a little bit of time if you wanted to check stuff out. There were three, of course, mundane scythes. Uh, Val, since you were paying a little more attention, what was left of the residue of these lesser deaths, they actually left behind a residue. Ew. That you could gather into a, it's almost like a dust, like a dry flakes of whatever these creatures' power were. Now, enough to gather three, um, basically, vials of this if anyone had empty vials or containers. Can I uh, roll a religion check to see why you might want to do that? Or an occult. Or an occult. Uh, yeah, there's a cult, I think. Or can I aid her religion this with This needs cult? to be an occult check. Okay. Um, and you know what? Go ahead. I know this doesn't need to be secret. Either of you can roll this open to yourselves as an occult check. Okay. I have a water skin. Ooh. You could certainly make some like mud with that. Gross. What, what, it's empty. What did either of you get? Thirty-eight. Uh, I, I got a forty. So both of you would know that, and maybe it's up to you if you decide where either you knew that this came from something like it, or you finally realized where something like this would come from. But this is ghost dust. It's a talisman, a level sixteen talisman. Wow. Now, this can only be used by people who are legendary in stealth. Oh, wow. Are mm. any of you legendary in stealth? Like a few Foxes. people here. Drow and Fox? Drow, Fox. And so what this is, you have fixed this. For what's worth, this is worth 1,800 gold. Nice. Whoa. A vial cool. of this. You have fixed this vial to your armor. And whenever you use an action with the move trait, you can like sort of mentally connect with it, and it disperses the dust out across your body and your armor. Um... And it's a grayish green dust rendered from dried ectoplasm. But Sounds when you hot. trigger it, it <laughs> <laughs> it casts the fourth level version of the invisibility spell uh, on you. Wow. Oh shit! Which is the attack That's and cool. stay invisible. Yep. So That's awesome. These are talismans. Once again, like shorthand, people who played a lot of role playing games will know that spellcasters get scrolls, which are kind of cool. They're these like one use powerful items, but there weren't there wasn't a ton of uh, things parallel to that for non spellcasters. Pathfinder 2 wanted to create consumables that were cool for non-spellcasters, and those are talismans. And there's a lot of cool ones. And there are. Yeah, they're always sure. one use. Honestly, one that I don't think it's nearly enough love sometimes is our rogue, and another thing has been loving the Bloodseeker beaks, which can just tack on a little extra sneak attack damage or bleed damage on sneak attacks. So you can affix these to your armor and like basically become ghost, you know, sort of ghostial, the slipping out of sight of life with this. You want, you can cast invisibility, right? Yeah. So I'll take two. You take one. Sure. Right. Yep. Fix that to your armor. That's pretty. That that's pretty freaking cool. I think we. That is cool. Um, Watson does have a bag of holding. He'll just take, go ahead and take those three sides. Okay. I know two of them are broken, but like, yeah, I, I have a bag of holding too. We can go grab all this crap. You, you mentioned last time, uh, Grandmother Spider, who also has a lot of mm-hmm. in canon narrative connection to the creation and existence of bags of holding as well. Huh. Oh, really, that's cool. Yeah, check into it sometime. Some really cool background. That on makes that. sense because of my backup character that I'll go ahead and say has a shadow that you can put stuff like store stuff in. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's cool. So, you uh, are you all gonna try to disable these runes? Then I think we talked about. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> we talked about how you can make either occultism, arcana, or thievery checks. There is one that's a little easier to accomplish than the other ten can minute activities. Can we do anything to roll and see if we think the lesser deaths will reappear? Just like any time you mess with these. Yeah, I'd allow either occultism or yeah, probably an occultism check. This one is a secret check, though. Who wants to go for that? I'll try for that one. Can I aid? What's your bonus? Jason? 21. Sure. Jane, what's your bonus? 24. Okay, you aid... Um, Jason, Joshar is looking at these, because you're even a, like an archaeologist or a linguist or something, right? Linguist, yeah. When you're picking apart from these, you don't seem any connection to that. You, you suspect... And we've, we've made some jokes about you being Batman before, mm-hmm. so I kind of imagine that for you, you're sort of pieced together... You might be setting this up, and then I think your investigator stuff here, uh, Val, is going to really piece that these were guards who okay. were ready to 
they were lurking somewhere, somehow aware, and when someone went to interfere. And so, Val, I'm going to give this to you as mm-hmm. sort of a, because you have some rules where like when you, you can know something about a space or know something about a thing, right? Yeah, reconstruct the scene. If you're willing to do that, although that'll take 10 minutes as a part of this, you can learn more. Um, or maybe, does it take 10 minutes? It may take it less. It does not. It is one minute. Oh, do you want, are you, would you like to use that ability here? Indeed. So what you can pull out of it, and last time I kind of gave you some vision flashes. This one's going to be shorter, but a little more direct. You can decide how you feel about this, but what it means is that the lesser deaths aren't tied to this or conjured by it. Something or someone instructed or compelled them to wait here to defend it. So they weren't the top of the food chain. Do I fucking asshole downstairs recognize the language or rune of any sort? I can tell you what all I speak. No, it's it's not spoken in. It's it's okay. purely arcane runes. Okay. And I think we talked about it in a previous episode, so I don't mind giving it to you. That obviously it has some connection to the the blade down below, mm-hmm. and you think it relates to what Val learned from people's maps that there's this network, and that this is sort of maybe connected to the larger network. I think Jason, what you joked about, like it's a satellite, and it, it's sort of a network, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you think there may be some network connections. Which Val, you know to be scary because there are blades placed in the center of major population areas across Galt. Right. Let's make them have a 404 page. <laughs> That's a good joke. Thank That's you. That's a good joke. I think Val would just tell everybody, like, uh, these things weren't acting on their own. Somebody sent them and made them come. So oh dear. we're in for it. I think we already were in for it. Um, Speaking of the assholes downstairs, um... A few eps ago, Fox cast a spell. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Put an eyeball on oh. one of the hosts. Yes. That like can branch off and make a bunch of different yeah. eyeballs. Yeah. Oh, like the, the plague eyeball. Yeah, yeah. I think he wants to look through the eyeball of the female host that he brushed up on. So you see people dancing. You see a lot of people. Can you just see? Not here, right? No, it says. Um, I was. Looking it's magical, it up. so it might be both. I think it, it's use your perception. Okay, so yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you. Some, I'll give you sound through it for now. Or can you read lips? Maybe. Hmm? I don't know. Uh, I don't think. So you see a lot. <laughs> can of Can you people- share like the scene of it, or can you just see? Because I actually have a uh, lip read reading feet. So looking through the eye, you see a bunch of people kind of moving up to and following her, and you see pained faces pretending to laugh and to talk. If you can hear, I'll give you some dialogue. I don't. It says you can switch between perceiving through your own senses or the vision of any of the eye senses. Sorry, just be vision. So you're just seeing people sort of talking, putting on these pained smiles as much as you can see right? Because everyone has a mask on. Right. As much as you can see these pained smiles. I just found a reason to have the read lips feet. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Mm. I have it. All right. I'm going to cycle through and just see if there's anything significant happening. No. Now, keep in mind what you what might refresh you on a little bit is that it wasn't easy to see this hole in the ceiling because there's big like drapes and cloths right. hanging from the top of the ballroom to kind of create some acoustic barriers as well as just some ambiance in the space. So you don't know, like people are obviously looked around a little bit when there was like clouds and a little bit of rain or thunder, but maybe that was from outside the building. People aren't sure. Okay. And there's also that whole like, Maybe the Grey Gardeners were punishing someone who looked in the wrong place. I, I don't want to mm-hmm. be that person. Keep your eyes down. So, okay. that's where you're at with that. It'll cycle out and I said, I think... At this point, you're definitely about... It's definitely about 8.40 p.m. Um, I think we're in the clear. Which is a wild thing to think, but... Wow. If you want to try to attack these wall runes, there's three of them. Ten minutes per check, but that doesn't mean you can... But you can do some simultaneous. Um... Did you say arcana? Arcana, yeah. Arcana, occult, or thievery. Yeah. I, I can try arcana. Let's see. I I have about a 21 to miss <laughs> to arcana. About, yeah. If I had to quantify it. <laughs> I, have a, I have a 22 arcana. What's your thievery? My thievery is uh, plus 28. Yeah, I so, would use that. My um, occultism is 21. I have a 23. You're gonna can I intimidate it? No. <laughs> so there's three of them who tell wants to do this. Tell me what to do. Drew, <laughs> yeah, tell me. You're going to use thievery, you said? I would like to use a cult. I'll use okay, I'll do can, thievery. thievery. Can we do like one person does their thing and uh, like can we piece this together with the different pieces of knowledge we have as a group? In what sense? One person, she rolls the thievery, but we I aid with a cult and he aids with 
Arcana. Arcana. If you did that, it would you'd have to do it one by one. So it'd take half an hour to go through all of them. Oh, you can definitely, you can one hundred percent do it that way. I just want to make sure you know the cost. Because aren't we kind of on the clock for like? Yeah. You don't know. You will, you do the one thing you know is that at midnight, yeah, everyone's ticking. masks come off. I kind of want to do this as fast. Well, I kind of want to do this as fast as possible, just because Val, knowing that somebody made them guard these things, I feel like the sooner we can get in and get right. out of here, the better. Before someone's like, "Oh, I'm just going to send more monsters to go protect this." Let's, right. let's do all three simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, I will help you, Fox, on this on the third. Also, additionally, keep in mind that there is, uh, you know, you are professionally here to protect someone. Oh yeah. Oh, that guy's definitely okay. dead. <laughs> Did I see I... him cycling through? Oh. Yeah, you actually have seen the judge. You've seen Ortvald walking around. Okay. Can I actually look at the little, I have the little slate to see if he wrote us a message? No message. Uh, he, he wrote you a message earlier that just, he wrote and erased it. So it's gone now, but you haven't seen him. And the last one he wrote on there just would have been, don't stay too close. I don't want to be, I don't want it to be obvious that I have guards here. Yeah, we okay. definitely followed through with that. <laughs> yeah. Totally. All right, so let's gonna let's do some Tell solo him, checks. F first. you, we almost died. Yeah, uh, be like send help. <laughs> let's went, start with. I went to aid Fox. Okay, so roll your aid. What are you yeah. aiding with, Trent? Arcana. Okay. Can I? Does that mean I have to roll Arcana? No, I'm okay with Trent aiding with Arcana. Arcana. And I'll use thievery. Yep. That's a thirty-one. So that is a success. Uh, I'm changing the aid DC here a little bit to be the DC of the thing. Okay. So you'll get a plus one on this, Fox. Okay. So you're rolling. You go first. Yeah, let's do your first, and then we'll kind of cycle and circle up. Uh, with a plus one? Yep. I mean, of course, in addition to your other bonuses. 27. So you managed to disrupt it. There's this sort of... Oh, good. Oh, great job. Dim and redirect the light from the wall. It sort of begins to sever that connection. You don't know that it'll last forever, okay. but for at least now it's broken, but you don't know if, you don't know if it'll reset right, right. or reconnect. Okay. Very non-committal on that description. Sure. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be like that uh, that Pokemon game where you have to find the right trash cans in the right order. <laughs> I do not know what you're talking about. No. Well, someone will. What? <laughs> to those of you who got it out there, Where thanks. am I? Uh, Jason, <laughs> sure, you want to do your occultism check? I got a 38. A 38? Oh, sorry, 37. 37. So you recognize that any obvious adjustment might alert people to tampering. And you think you can, and you do delicately alter the magic rune so that it casts its glow onto one of the other force mirrors. So, so that I didn't do it that. looks like it's connected but isn't at all. And you don't okay. think anyone would, would notice that, that you've been able to do that. I got right. a 35 on thievery. So you're able to dim yours a little bit, but um, you, you you were not as successful as, as Drosharis. Nor was I. So, so uh, it's at been... least one is broken, but uh, the other two might, or kind of, it's sort of obvious. As you look, Drosharis, you're like, Shit, those other two, it's pretty obvious. Someone tampered with them. Mm -hmm. So it's been about 10 minutes now. Yeah. They know we are here. Um, well, they don't know, but if someone just looks at them, they will know. Should we try these other two again? Can we do that? You certainly can. What I'll also say is, Josharis, you feel like occultism is going to be the easiest approach to okay. things. Like tampering with the magic of occultism to redirect it and understand the system versus just straight thievery of our arcana. Okay. okay. Is anybody else occult? I don't know those dark I arts. I can aid with something else. Yeah, I have 24 occult occultism, so. Oh, okay. you should be rolling too, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So do you want to go try to get your, you want to just do yours again, Jane, but with yeah. occultism? Mm -hmm. And I'll walk over to his. Okay. And I'll aid. I'll aid Drow. Okay. Can I aid Val Roll the with aids an first. Yes. Uh, aid of forty. Oh shit! You get you get a plus one, Drew. All right, that makes it forty-one. <laughs> That's a crit success. Damn. Did you aid me? Redirect uh, angle it over. Twenty-six. Oh, I got uh, it with what? With our and they all turn yes. off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's a plus one for Jane. Okay, that's a forty. That's a crit. So 15. all of you now have all the lights slightly directed to the other mirrors. They look connected. But you know that it's slightly off sync enough where it's not there, but it looks like it still is perfectly in nice. place. Amazing. But it is well now done, 9 everyone. p.m. Yeah. Uh, bong, bong. Yeah. And sure enough, you hear the clock. We 
yeah, there's something messed up about that clock, too. When yeah. we looked at it, it had, like, bad vibes. Yeah, the bad vibes. All right, so it's 9 p.m. Does not Let's pass the vibe check. <laughs> I think Detect that... vibes. <laughs> it's a new clan. It's a new champion. It's a yeah. champion chill. Yeah. Josharis. We should go and look for other places in this building. There's no more upstairs. Yeah. Val wants to do a real quick uh, crimp to, sure. you know, Freshen I up. don't want it to be like super obvious that we're all covered in blood and like messed up. Oh, no, I just cover myself back up. I don't up. even yeah. know. Do they bleed? Are we even covered in? We're in a no. coat, so we're covered in our own blood. <laughs> Your own yeah. blood, yeah. That's fair. But yeah, just like quick cleanup so that we're not super out of place when mm-hmm. we go down into this party. Sure. Mm-hmm. Are we uh, exiting it at different times so that we don't, <laughs> so we're not just four people walking Which one out. of us is spelunking down the hole? That's what I want to <laughs> know. Some. Down, 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 Still down, down, down. You just fly down. Yeah, just fly down. <laughs> uh, I'll invisibility dive through the, the hole. <laughs> I got wings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So who's who's going to come out into the party first? I will go out into the party. So Val, uh, go ahead. Give me a your choice deception or stealth check to just sort of blend out into the party. Okay, that'll be a deception. How long do your eyes last for? Eight hours. So can are I, you doing that while she's going out? Yeah. Or are you, well, I can I actually... Like seeing if anyone notices. Yeah. I actually have something I want to talk to Fox about too. Sure. Okay. Fox, you have been following the... Do I know the woman host's name? Uh, probably. You have been following the woman host. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. The woman host. <laughs> Where is she right now? Hold on. <laughs> so you look around. She's at the northern end of the room. At the northern sort of a, end of the room. Actually, I think it's the... No- anyway, she's, she's okay. opposite the main entrance to the room. I just want Fox to be able to tell me generally where she is, and, and then I'm going to walk go. into the party. Yasmina Pont. Yasmina Pont. I'm going to walk into the party and start heading in her direction. Okay, give me, are you doing stealth to be unseen or deception, deception to just look like, oh, I just came behind this. No, remember, like I'm just blending in. I remember, think as you walk down the stairs, Droshar, or like an, the old man Drosharis like comes up and sticks his arm out. So you take his arm. Yes. And like we're walking together. I'll roll deception too. So remember Perfect. you're kind of slipping out. There are these curtains that are pegged to the wall in place. We did have this pegged. conversation. I look, they're not pegged. <laughs> they're just well hung. Every single oh my god, every single time. almost got Trent. Why is that worse? <laughs> Trent's about to choke on his course banquet. Uh, <laughs> that one goes out to Kevin's brother. I was prepping this last night on Discord with him, uh, and I made that joke, and he's like, "Well, they're just well hung curtains." Uh, I was like, "That's really that's a good joke." Uh, that's a forty-five for okay. Val on deception. And what's yours, Drush Arish? Uh, Forty or sorry, thirty-three. Okay, so the two of you kind of walk out like, oh, just naturally. Of course you should be coming from here. You're watching through the eyes. Yeah. I'm laughing. <laughs> That's funny, Val. In- <laughs> <laughs> Don't Isn't use my it? name. <laughs> no one's looking at you, though, because right as the two of you sort of slip out from behind this tapestry, there is sort of like a stir that kind of moves through the crowd as a new guest arrives in a particularly macabre outfit. Mm-hmm. Anytime I heard the hear the word macabre, I imagine uh, Alfred Hitchcock saying it. Macabre. Macabre. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but the two of you are out. Everyone's heads are like sort of turning towards the main doors where another guest is coming in. So Watson and Fox, you're still in the... Yeah, I think we can just walk down together. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you might even know that like right now is a great time. People literally yeah, are looking. Okay. Did you know <laughs> that if you cut a, like a ligament just right... Yes, it's just kind of like, <laughs> God. <laughs> so you all step out into it. The crowd's like kind of going back to normal, but there was that sort of weird shudder that ran through the crowd. Can I um, roll some kind of perception on that individual and see if I recognize him or? Yeah, 100%. I actually, I'm going to go ahead and I've got your perception bonus okay. here. Yeah, Joe Shards, you don't get a great look, but this costume, as far as you can tell, looks like someone who's just wrapped in a funeral shroud. I kind of whisper that to Val. And what you can pick out of their mask, it just looks like a mask painted to look like a human face, but that of a dead corpse with like splotchy red pock marks all over it. Uh, it's it's a little revolting. It's a tasteless, uh, or is it distasteful? Distasteful. Outfit. Distasteful, for sure. tacky. Uh, can tacky, I do... that's a better word. Thank you. Uh, can I do a... Um, 
a society role to see if I know who this is? Like, is this somebody that's like known in the town? Uh, yeah, sure. That's, that's and a like, secret oh, check that's, as well. This is the person who's a weirdo that always shows up with these creepy <laughs> outfits. Well, it's okay. That's so Bob with the van. <laughs> I, I used to live. I used to live up in this little mountain town. They had a big like water festival every year, like Whitewater Festival. And one of the races is something called the Hooligan Race, which is the idea is you have to make it down there. It's not a race. It's a, it's a survival heat of boats that are not allowed to be actual boats. It's anything but a real mm. boat. And so people will just do crazy stuff. But there was a guy who for several years running, and when I say crazy, like people who'd be going to engineering school would like build wooden ramps that floated that they tried to use bungee cords to attach to like a pulley to set someone on like a little BMX bike to ramp off of it while it's going down the <laughs> river. They had to put a ban on open flames after the <laughs> giant wooden structure with like a pan with burning like liquids in it hit the first rapid, dumped the burning liquids down the side and set the whole thing on fire with people on it. <laughs> Everyone was fine because they just jumped in the yeah, water. Yeah, you're in the water. And it then, but it's like through the center of downtown. But there was a guy awesome. who for several years running just took like an inflatable backyard pool and th threw several sex dolls in it and just floated down the river with it. <laughs> the other thing is, it's because it's a white water thing, there are gates. So like during the kayak events, they can like slalom style from right, the back right. of the gates. They pull the gates aside and they'll put little baggies with tokens that are worth money in it so people are trying to get high enough to jump and grab them this guy would never go for a single dollar he'd just kick back in his inflatable I pool like <laughs> and coast the river so Got there are communities that, that have guys like that i was that. gonna say how does this relate <laughs> to <laughs> the society like, check that's corpse face guy yeah like, oh, yeah, it's, like, oh, it's, it's corpse does, face that's guy. not even his mask he just he just wears that all the time <laughs> um what's your bonus to society uh plus 30 okay Jeez. No, um, it, it, your your read here is that it's just it's a little uh, it's a little on the nose mm -hmm. to wear like a funeral shroud into the home of the great gardeners, and when the idea is that everyone else is sort of dressed garishly and lavishly and partying. Here's someone who's almost making like a political statement walking in. Okay, you can't make out anything more without getting closer, but that's your guess on the, the society read at this distance. Okay, well, I'm still guiding Droshar, so we're both kind of walking in the sure. direction of the woman host. Sure. She's on the opposite side of the room, but she did sort of, you can see, look over at uh, this figure entering. All right. Who wants, what's next? Who's doing what? They're going towards the lady, lady host, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Which is opposite from funeral shroud person. Uh, Watson is going to go to funeral shroud guy. Okay. You start heading over on your own? Yeah. I mean, if, unless somebody joins me. Okay. I'll join you. All right. right. Fox, you start heading over. Um, as you get a little closer, he's just sort of working his way around. Um, go ahead. What's? I'll just let you roll it for me. Give me a perception check as you get a little closer. Nine lesser deaths pop out. Mm -hmm. <gasps> yeah. Like Jason said when we took a break earlier, if those come out again, I don't even quit this game. Mm -hmm. I quit the podcast. Yeah. I quit our association. Right. <laughs> I quit everything. <laughs> What'd you got, Trent? Watson got a 44 on this. Oh, yeah. uh, Fox got a 35. Nice. So as you get a little closer, um, it, it, it's an interesting sort of thing because like most people, they talk to party. They're talking a little quietly. But as you get kind of close to him, he just sort of like looks over at you and as you come closer, it greets you. Uh, like loudly, loud enough for it. Like it's almost uncomfortable. It's like when you're in a library and someone talks really loudly. Uh, well, hello. You know, I appreciate when people talk loudly enough. I, my hearing is just really going in my age. So Thank I was you. just Thank having this speaking. conversation with a psychopomp. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you doing here? Oh, oh no! <laughs> it's some party. <laughs> I have to say, I loved you in National Treasure. <laughs> That was one of my better adventures. <laughs> so, what do you know about fearsome monsters who peer from the ethereal plane? Ooh. And it's, it's as you get closer, you can see that there's this crazy intensity coming through his mask. But probably the more interesting thing is that whoever's wearing this, like, this is an older man. And he does seem to have an eye patch on yes! under his there mask. There we go. Well, uh, not too much. I I, I do sometimes uh, summon creatures, but you know, not very powerful. You you understand? We've encountered them. I encountered one. <laughs> what? I actually don't want this guy to be our ally anymore because I don't <laughs> want to have to listen to this Nicolas Cage voice. 
Encountered what? What are you talking about? Uh, Tell me, man. <laughs> from across the Friends room, Jarshaus is like, I really loved Face Off. <laughs> it's not very popular, but I thought it was great. <laughs> it's um, a highly underrated movie. <laughs> we encountered friends from the Boneyard. Those them by themselves are not fearsome. I think you might have that confused. Well, what do you mean by, by fearsome creatures? Well, what do you know? They appear from the ethereal plane. The fear itself that comes with them. It's the fear demon that we killed in the fortress that he had trapped. Oh, you mean the the, the, the fear demons that we have slaughtered? Oh. At this point, he sort of like slips his mask off, which is definitely a social faux pas. And I do have yeah. a little bit of an illustration for you of this character. Who wants to, with my favorite act, who wants to describe the character? Wow. He looks like he should be in Game of Thrones. He, he does. From this distance, he kind of has a Sean Connery vibe. Yes. I always think like Harrison Ford, maybe, too. Yeah. I really love his dainty little slippers. <laughs> uh, but his patch notably has the spiral on it. Spiral, yeah, yeah of Phrasma. That mask is it's scary. Hideous. That looks like something that... Of- it looks like the Halloween, like, Michael Myers mask, but with, like, boils on it. Yeah. So he, he kind of, like, goes and slips his mask aside. Friends of fear they are. <laughs> Sack Hills have joined with the Grey Gardeners, harvesting the fear their terrible authority sows in the land. In turn, the gardeners learn new ways of terror from them. It is a dread symbiosis, but a symbiosis is all it is. They are allies, but neither group is the master. Some inhuman force is behind it, I'm certain. Something is pulling the strings from behind the scenes. Making the Sack Hills and the Great Gardeners and all of Galt dance like little puppets on a madman's performance. We'll see before this night is through. I'd bet your souls on it. You are a very strange man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that takes a that. lot for Watson. <laughs> Did you, have you ever sought psychological help? I'm not very good at that part, but... All the help I need is tracking down whatever it is that brought these sack hills here. Oh, well, that's probably one of the two hosts. We're, we're watching one, but I don't know where the other one went. I don't think it could be the simple intervention of humankind that brought them here. Oh, I'm a dwarf. Yes, I've noticed due to your stature and stoutness. Uh, I feel like he's doing this voice for you, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for like, sure. You all know this is like one of the only voices I can do. I've been sitting on this mm-hmm. for like 20 episodes. I love that so. it's like possibly the most plot relevant character we've ever encountered, giving us actual real information, and nobody can focus on we're it so because it's we're just the freaking Nicolas Cage fucking voice. Fucking giggling about it. <laughs> and it's like actually all this really intense stuff, and like, oh my God. So, uh, do you have an well, assistant that can read us? What's, what you Can do? you just write it down? Uh, obviously, we, we want to stop whatever's happening here. Uh, of course, do, do otherwise you... doom will descend upon us all. Yes, exactly. Uh, do you have any recommendations on how we could go about doing so? Well, and like at this point, it's he's sort of talking about all sorts of different things, but he's sort of as he is engaging you on conversation about uh, like the Grey Gardeners, because I think you're sort of asking about that. If if either of you who are there want to give me like a DC 30, uh, sorry, I want to, uh, an occultism <laughs> or a society a check. Sounds like a DC 30. <laughs> that's actually higher than that. It's a DC 30 something. I let that slip. He's sort of looking to engage with conversation because he, he's quickly kind of gets distracted talking about his other things. Well, I gotta find the sack hills here. It's through that that we can see. And it's so basically you have to like draw him into these conversations, sort of coax more information out of him. I got a 37 society. You know, I'd see what you say about the gardeners could be right, but I do believe it is the, the symbiosis of their alliance. It's here. It's not as if the gardeners themselves could bring fear from the ethereal plane here. You know, there are some who do believe Ooh. that the director generals are the leaders of the great gardeners, but I, I believe they're merely highly positioned administrators relaying orders from some sort of... <sighs> You know, cultish inner circle spelling doom for our nation here in Galt. An 
uh, an Illuminati, perhaps. Exactly, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> Why aren't you French? Director I'm not General. initially from here. I was <laughs> a oh. pilgrim sent by Phrasma to reclaim this land and the foul stench of fear that has fallen upon it. Oh my. Just so everyone else who's not here knows, <laughs> Jane is like, it's like someone is clawing a chalkboard in her ear. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Come on, a crazy, zealous Phrasman priest. He sounds like a crazy old man from the he is. cave or something. Are you a bit of a hermit, perhaps? Well, if you remember, there was a whole thing when the psychopomps explained that while many people find this particular zealous crusader like too much to deal with, his few allies are those from other planes because most people find him intensely off-putting. In other planes, they can just like turn off his his. Yeah. His yeah. audio, and they could just be like, oh, it's all They like don't interpret reality the same way, so they're like, this is okay. We can just muscle through it. <laughs> exactly. What are the, the, you said something generals, would you say? The director generals, like those there with the frowny and smiley masks, oh, yes, the clear okay. gardeners oh, here. Yes, yes of yeah. course. I think they are but handmen and maiden of this greater power. You're saying this conspiracy goes even deeper. All the way to the top. <laughs> There's only one way to find out who it is. We've got to pull those masks off. That oh. face in front of it. We have to take their face off. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to need John Travolta. <laughs> I can't do a John Travolta. <laughs> Uh, what other topics do you kind of want to bring up with them? I, I know that this isn't the easiest thing to role play with, so just set up some exposition for me here. You, you could talk more about Sack Hills. You could ask about anything else you're kind of interested in potentially. Yeah, I, I don't really know much about Sack Hills or like the, the hierarchy of what he's talking about. So what you do know a little bit is this. He's been here investigating something. The psychopomps have let that slip. So what are you interested in talking about? We walk over at this point. Yeah, yeah, I think that we would kind I'll of... I need your friends. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know who these two Val's people are. Val's like, oh. oh. Who are you? What are you doing here? Val stabs my him in the neck. My dwarf friend <laughs> is concerned by your presence. He looks at him and he's like, I don't know who these two people are. Oh, I got it. I'd wink, but they I only blink. have one eye, so it looks like I'm blinking. Oh, that's, that's totally <laughs> fair. This is not what I thought this guy was going to be like at all. What? <laughs> Where do you think these Sackhills are? Um, well, they're all over, but I do think that it's their ability to prey on the fear they've caused here, and their ability to teach them how to use the tool of fear to reign tyranny in this land that has created this opportunity for symbiosis. Drop me a, a religion check here, or if you have a lore check you think is relevant to sort of engage in one of this conversation. I'll and do a religion. It is strange, though. Rarely can creatures like this be so enticed by the mortal coil that we have in front of us. Whatever this society does bring is something dire, perhaps even extending beyond the natural order. It's why I think the spiral Phrasma has brought me here, to bring the balance. Because it is said and true, all must answer. All will be judged before her. And these, these gardeners here, they will be judged harshly. Um, do we get the impression in talking to him that he knows about what the final blades do, that they're storing souls? You could ask him a little okay. bit about that. Gonna, first, take I got a 36 religion. Okay. Well, see the Sackhills, you're right about that, though, my tall blue friend. Sackhill's traffic and fear. He's racist, too. <laughs> They're vulnerable. Oh, look at his clothes. They're blue. I save. I save. <laughs> <laughs> They're vulnerable to holy weapons, and ah. with their ability to slip into and out of the ethereal plane, they're hard to track and pin down. That's why I find their work here so interesting. Rare is it that I can find any lasting connection to a place or group. Perhaps it's a weakness they found in dying themselves to this secret council, this conspiracy of fear and death. Do you think one of them might be able to power a network of blades that kill people and trap their souls forever? 
what was your uh, it could be occultism or society it's interesting you say that occultism or society talking about these blades society I'm gonna roll mine oh, for show. when I start talking oh, in a second that's money 40 I don't think the sack hills themselves could I think the blades go higher above them goes all the way to the top it could be more <laughs> to the top is it uh we would like to share some information no well what do you know about these blades well and he he kind of like starts talking about this is silent Lenore and starts talking about it and he's like you see that hole in the ceiling up there well now you point it out it does look like there's something up there yes uh, oh there's something up there well there was there was yeah, you sort of explained that whole yeah that's a death see, I'm college <laughs> now that is interesting the psychopomps showed up and uh, we made an alliance with them they were looking for you oh shit <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. The two spider-like ones, right? Oh, yes. I'm checking their names in my notes right now because they're weird names. Ninolda and Isaias, right? Uh, yes. sure. Yeah, we go way back. We're tight. For the record, we all died and I talked to Phrasma. Yeah, we can talk th- about that later. It's a whole thing. And you are on the same holy crusade as me. Well. It is nice to meet another who is on the same path for balance. Another Pharasnid as I am. Weren't you dead? We came into the... Oh, no. One of the gardeners came after me, so I killed him and I made it look like an accident. Then I tried to dress him up like me to throw others off my trail. I think we did discover that it was a decoy body. He had two eyes, right? He just had a patch on it. It definitely did not look like an accident. You did not do a very good job. (laughs) Well, actually, you remember, you didn't actually, you couldn't find a cause of death. Mm. Oh, yeah. How I did you kill him? Killer. Oh. <laughs> I use the tools of the foes against them. Fear shall be it. Oh my. But it is interesting what you said about the blade. They must be the focus of something dire. Else it wouldn't be here in the gardener's lair. They're moving many of them into population centers around the area. <sighs> we lay the map part. That is odd and disturbing. Perhaps it's some sort of network across the country. Maybe this... This conspiracy that we talk of and has have something. Several of the gardeners that I've questioned have referred to something they call their leaders at times, the larger group, the prophets of the worm. Oh, no. That doesn't sound good. The worm. Yeah, I don't know if they meant like W-Y-R-M or like the things underground. That is a good point. So Um. it could be like a dragon which could be one of the forces great enough to bring these together. Can we do some religion checks on that? I want to do a perception. Okay. I'm looking for... Oh, is this a a sense motive? No. Okay. He just said underground. Sure. And we met the last... When me and you had our fight, we were in a dungeon. The Sack Hill was underground. The Sack Hill was under... I want to look for a basement door or another door that... Other doors. I want to go downstairs. If there's a downstairs. I assume there is. Everything has a downstairs dungeon in this game. I mean, you would think a giant fortress would. Yeah. How would a li- religion 32? Well, some of these need to start becoming secret oh, soon, sorry. but that's fine. Um, you don't know that underground, it could, it could be like if, if it, there are like worms in the ground, that, that could be something. Burying bodies with worms could be something. A couple of you have heard tales of like creatures undead that are animated by sort of like worms in their sort of like inner systems. I don't know if uh, if any of these would go up or down, but there is a lot of research about how light can connect different sources, connect things together. The light doesn't always have to directly touch, but it can be light through the runes of magical means or light directly from what you've explained about the room above. Perhaps it could be there. I know not if this light must erupt up or out or could go in fact underground would it help if you saw them no I don't think so good because we are pressed for time good exactly Val would like to make the prophets of the worm one of her leads as an investigator alright I'll give you that well now I must go off to my next adventure oh would you like a dance first (laughs) I do not have time to dance, but your invitation is most kind, friend. What is your next adventure? What is your mission here? Okay. I'm going to kill God. Okay. (laughs) Well, no, I'm not. I'm actually in favor of God's. My next adventure, I'm going to find the king of the Sack Hills. I'm going to drag him back to face judgment. 
But in the meantime, it is, it is important and good that I have met another of Ferasmith's crusaders. And he looks at you, Val. It is in our God's wish that you take this. And he presses something into your hand. So you I'm sure I will see you again. You're leaving. I must find where the Sack Hills are. They answer to something greater. The one that I was interrogating in the bottom of the church. Just a foot soldier. I think there are more here. What was your name again? I am Nelibit. Oh, yeah. Crusader. I thought you would be more helpful as an NPC. I feel like I've given you a decent amount of information <laughs> that might later pay off. <laughs> What and, like, I, there's also this item I'm giving Val right now. My, my name is Watson Himmelgale, so if you, <laughs> if you happen to see us again, you can please say hi. I most definitely will. What if we need you? What if we need you to help us fight? What if the king of the Sackhills is the same as whatever's powering this? Yes, I don't believe it can be the case. Whatever is compelling the Sackhills, and as you described, lesser deaths, is bigger than anything I know to be associated with Sackhill kind. And while I do have an interest and perhaps a fear and respect for it, and for yes, you may ask yourself, can he feel fear? And I do. But it is by the light of my God that I do not suffer from it, but merely note it. The sack hills here, those are my mission. How you doing, Jane? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. He presses this into your hand and and walks away. Okay, as he walks away, Val is going to be like, I'm also not a follower of Rasma, but regardless. What, what did he give you? Uh, yeah, can I take a look? Yeah, so it's this this small, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's a small charm, and it's carved in the shape of this particular type of psychopomp. Since they're top of mind, I'll hand wave this. You recognize it to be scri- sort of carved in the shape of something called the Nosi, which are scribes and messenger psychopomps. They, it's, it's common for them to venture to other players, uh, sorry, other planes, other <laughs> players. Um, they're rare outside of the boneyard. So it is common though, that psychopomps venturing to other planes carry these facsimiles to sort of aid in their travels, sort of a token mm. of this messenger and scribe. This is a teeny icon of a masked raven. Ooh. Um, and it sort of at times admits little twittering sounds. So you can almost hear it starting to chirp perfectly in time with the music the musicians are playing. Mm. So it's going to give you a couple of benefits. One, in kind of a cool way, uh, it gives you a plus three on performance checks to play an instrument, orate, or sing. Once per day as a divine spell, you can cast sending, which I think can send messages across planes. Yeah, I think so. Additionally, uh, sorry, it's a three action thing to interact. You twist the base of it and the twittering becomes helpful to boost in. Oh, that's another thing. You can twist the base of it and the twittering becomes helpful to boost in arguments uh, you lose the bonus to performance but gain the bonus instead to diplomacy checks to mm. make a request nice and finally this is a greater uh, no see charm so as long as you are holding it you gain life sense Ooh. which means you can perceive uh. life uh, if just life and death life and the absence of it anywhere around you how far around you um, it is just a vision. You, it's life sense. So, like, as you can see, it's almost like predator vision, basically, but for living or undead. I guess I would mean, would this see through floors? It doesn't floors? go through walls, okay. no. But, like, if you're in smoke clouds, you could perceive it if people have invisibility. Because that's how a couple of them were able to see. Yeah. Exactly. So, if I were to be somewhere, like, I don't have dark vision or something like that, but I could still mm-hmm. tell something was in there? Yeah. Cool. You could probably also scan around the room and see... If anyone's not presenting life. So speaking of what's around the room, though, um, Val, you have the tablet, right? Yes. You feel it shatter. Uh Uh-oh. Fuck. Just... And she, like, jumps up, and she looks at Drosharis and Watson and Fox, and she's like, the tablet shattered. I do... Look, I look around the room for the person we're guarding. Oh, it's, uh, I have your perception bonus here. 27. You don't see yep. him. Don't, didn't, did, did you have an eye thing on him? I don't know. No. Can't you recreate the scene? She, uh, never, she never came in contact with him. Nope. Um, so you just feel it shatter on your person. You haven't looked at it. Okay, I'm going to look at it. It's in several pieces, but you can barely make out three letters 
written on it. And what you from you know this item basically once it breaks, if the other one breaks, this one breaks. Letters H E L. He's telling us to go to hell. <laughs> What's this guy? He was saying he was just saying hello. <laughs> <laughs> and he dropped the tablet. He must be fine. Uh, so P. Val's gonna like hold hold it up and be like he needs help. Oh, he's fucked. Tune in next time to find out. Oh, what no! <laughs> the Live to Die podcast is a production of Live to Die Gaming. Follow us on social media at Live to Die Pod. Leave a review and tune in next week for more. If you like the amazing background audio and music, all that credit goes to Sirenscape. Make sure you check them out at sirenscape.com. <laughs>